Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to our Invita podcast, where we're going to help educate military veterans and their spouses on opportunities in Web3. Our plan is to host a series of industry leaders, many of whom are veterans or spouses themselves, so we can learn about their journey down the crypto rabbit hole while understanding opportunities for transitioning veterans in the space. My name is Chris Perkins. I'm a combat Marine veteran who spent 15 years on Wall Street before transitioning into crypto myself. And before we begin, I wanted to thank our sponsor, Luca, who have dedicated their time and resources to make this podcast possible. And today for episode seven, we'll be speaking with Evan Malanga, Army veteran and director of strategy and operations at Digital Currency Group. Welcome, Evan. Thanks, Chris. So uh, let's start with the very beginning. Tell us about your background. Yeah, sure. So I started my career, uh, you know, right out of undergrad, going straight into the army. So I did I did ROTC at the University of Connecticut and and commissioned as an army infantry officer and went straight in. Um, and then in, in late 2015, uh, transitioned out of the military and, and pursued my MBA at Columbia Business School. Um, and I feel like like most veterans that make that active duty to grad school transition, I. I only kind of mentally thought so far as getting into school, not so much what I do after school. But, uh, you know, when you're in that kind of MBA program, it's vets go to either consulting or banking. Those are kind of like the two big paths they take. And so I did the M&A banking thing. I, I went to Everpool Partners for my summer um, and then I actually went to a boutique uh, firm called Gotham Partners actually after I graduated. Um, but still, kind of was like I've only made this choice for lack of other choices, and hadn't really found a passion per se. Um, but then a, a friend during my second year of school kind of introduced me to crypto, and personally, just sort of doing my own research, found myself late at night at you know the two or three a.m. hour, still at the desk working on a Excel model with CoinDesk up, you know, reading the news on the other monitor, and I was kind of like that was the aha moment of like maybe. I have a natural passion in this and I should sure pursue a career and get a job in the industry. So that's kind of how I, I got in. And started 2018 into 2017, I moved into Consensus, which is the uh, Brooklyn-based Ethereum um, venture studio that Joe Lubin runs um, and have been in the industry ever since. So I, uh, about a year and change at Consensus and then moved over to a company called Securitize, which is a transfer agent and security token platform was there for about two years and have been at PCG for the last uh, just over a year. So Evan, you started your, after college, you went into the army via an ROTC scholarship. I, as I understand it, you were a ranger. Can you tell us about some of your experience? What did you learn uh, about yourself and about life you know, when you're a ranger? Yeah. So the, when I first went in, um, you know, you're a conventional infantry officer. So I did, I did a, a year overseas in Afghanistan with a conventional unit out of Force Brigade 25th ID out of Anchorage, Alaska. And then it was, it was actually during that deployment that I really wanted to pursue the sort of ranger career path within the army. And so for me, kind of like in that conventional space, you know, you're, you're, you're out in a combat outpost, you know, you're clearing NAIs, you're, you're living with the local population, you're going on like two, three, four day patrols. And, and I, I felt very reactive, not proactive. You know, you're the one just sitting there clearing the routes and you know, waiting for the IED and all this stuff and, and, and the enemies moving all around you. And I felt like it was sort of like a way to achieve the goal, right? Like I joined to fight and, and actually like, you know, pursue the terrorist organizations that attacked us on 9-11. And I was like, 
in Afghanistan hearing about all these guys at night that would go hit a target that we've been thinking about for a week. And then they'd come into our AL and in the middle of the night they'd leave. And I was like, who are these guys? And our, my battalion commander used to be one. He's in third range of battalion. He was like, those, that's the 70th range regiment. If you want to do that, you should, you should think about applying. So I did, I applied while I was deployed, came back, went through the selection program, um, and then, and then went into the ranger regiment. And that's where I was continued the rest of my career. Um, as far as like you know, what I learned, um, it, it's a very humbling experience to be a 24, 25 year old first lieutenant leading Rangers that have been deployed since 2001, right? Like some of the NCOs have been there since, you know, the effective invasion of Afghanistan had, you know, 14, 15, 16 deployments under their belt. So it's a it's very humbling experience and, and you have to be willing to know that you're, even though you're this young, hungry officer, you don't know everything and you have to come in as like a sponge and really learn. Um, which I think is a, definitely applicable in business as well for a transitioning veteran. Um, that That's probably like the biggest lesson learned. And then second to that is just the ability to manage so many different things. I mean, whether you're back stateside or overseas, that unit is operating at such a high tempo. You know, they're going on targets night after night. You know, a 90-day deployment could be 100 missions or something like that or 95 missions. and. And then on top of that, you're doing training when you're there, you got down, there's effectively almost no downtime. And when you're back stateside, you're, you're, you're doing airborne operations, airfield seizure exercises, you're doing pre-deployment training and all this stuff. And it's the ability to just organize and manage a 50 man range platoon and, and manage all those work streams. Like you don't think you can do it, but you actually can. And, and the ability to like organize yourself and prioritize and triage is, is like a very skill in that type of organization so you're always learning and there's no downtime uh sounds a little bit like crypto if you ask me yeah exactly <laughs> exactly all right so then you make this decision to go to b school why did you choose to go to business school rather than uh just, just jump right back into the world of business can you unpack that for our listeners yeah sure so uh, my undergrad degree i feel like most infantry officers was in you know poli sci or some people joke underwater basket weaving and you know, I didn't really have what I felt like were like applicable business skills. Like I didn't understand financial statements. I didn't, I didn't understand like how to operate a business or anything like that. And I felt like the MBA was a means to like not only acquire skills, but take two years to transition and, and actually like network, uh, learn what's out there, right? Like I didn't know the difference between consulting, banking, big tech, startups, like all that. I didn't, I had really no understanding. So like it's, it's, kind of to upskilling myself and then also learning what's out there and finding something that's of interest. Um, so that, that's, that's why I, I, I chose the MBA route. Got it. And then ultimately you make your way to consensus in 2018. Um, what was that like working at, you know, one of the you know, pivotal companies in the crypto space at a really interesting time? Yeah, so like that fall, right, it was when the ICO bubble was like really ramping up. I think Bitcoin, you know, kind of approached 20,000. So like there was a lot of energy at that company. Uh, they were hiring a lot, um, a lot of different sort of incubated startup ideas. Some of them today are like the leaders in the industry of a probably best example would probably be MetaMask was, a, you know, a company right there, right? That now today is a, a commonplace name in this industry, especially within Web3. 
Um, it just it just was an, an absolute fast pace organization with new ideas being incubated constantly. Um, but then shortly thereafter, you know, the fun went away and we entered we entered crypto winter, <laughs> um, which also made it a very interesting place to be kind of navigating an organization that was undergoing so much change from like an org chart perspective. There were obviously like layoffs that were pretty well known in the media um, and kind of finding your own place in an organization where, you know, maybe your boss no longer works there or your boss's boss and, you know, half your team is gone and like, you know, what are we doing? What aren't we doing? And there's a lot of, you know, a lot of questions and not as many answers. Um, and sort of kind of navigating that was was a unique experience. Ultimately, I made the decision to leave and, and pursue a different career path, but with, within crypto. But one of the things I worked on was a broker-dealer. So we stood up a FINRA registered broker-dealer consensus called Consensus Digital Securities. And I kind of had gone down a little bit in the security token space and kind of seeing things come out of the ICO bubble. Like, okay, like I, I could see where... You know, there's going to be a lot of regulation, a lot of requirements from a financial perspective or with, you know, the SEC and FINRA governing certain aspects of crypto. This was probably an interesting place for me to play. And then that that's where I wanted to go into Securitize, which was like solely focused on that aspect of the market. Yeah, got it. I mean, my, my personal career, I've always learned the, the most during times of stress and chaos. And, and, and I, I've always felt that I was prepared for those periods. Uh, because of my military experience. Did, did you feel the same? That's not like that common phrase in the army or military work smarter, not harder. I was definitely uh, not a smart ranger at that time. Uh, you know, most of my peers from business school were going into, you know, the Goldman's and JP's where they put you in like a nice training course to get you seared seven and you're, you know, you're 63 and all the, your FINRA licenses. And there I was alone, you know, burning the midnight oil, trying to figure out how to study and pass my series seven without like the institutional support of like a professional training program. So and all while like going through an M&A process and investing in an ATS to get this broker dealer set up. So like I was definitely drinking through the fire hose, but you, you learn a lot when you, when you kind of tackle problems that way, um, you learn a lot about yourself um, and like the resilience it takes to kind of get through that stuff. But like here I was, I was barely a year out of my MBA program. And, and hadn't really had any business experience. And I'm, I'm not only getting the licenses, but then we're, we're operating the, the actual entity with the licenses and, you know, going out there and trying to, you know, gain market share and customers. Hey, thanks, Evan. So, so you've made it now. And today you're at Digital Currency Group. Can you tell us what DCG is? What is yeah, so, so DCG is, is, is a very unique model, right? It's, it's from the outside, it may appear like a fund. It's not. We're a company. So there's a way I kind of think about it is, is there's kind of two two sides of the model, right? We own and operate a handful of subsidiary businesses, some of which are pretty well-known in the industry. Coindesk, uh, Grayscale are probably the two most well-known just given for how much media attention they get. Um, but we also own uh, Genesis, which is a prime brokerage platform. Foundry, which is a Bitcoin mining and staking uh, in our infrastructure sort of business. And they have in the last basically 18 months gone from launching a small North American mining pool to being the largest uh, Bitcoin mining pool in the world. Um, and then there is um, TradeBlock, which is our uh, trading interface and data uh, platform. And Luna, which is our, uh, they're actually not operating in the US currently, but they are a uh, retail crypto wallet, sort of like a coin. 
marketplace competitor, but just you know primarily in, in the African and Southeast Asian markets as well as Western Europe. Um, so that's sort of one half of the business. The other half, right, is is our investing arm. So that runs the full range of of investing in both digital assets themselves as well as equity going through like the seed stage into growth equity. Now some of these companies are publicly traded, right? So we're, we're running that whole gambit of the uh, the industry on that side, and so. This kind of creates this unique model where we're really flexible. We have evergreen capital, right? So we're not beholden on fundraising from LPs because the revenue side of the business can fund the investing side of the business. Um, and it creates us both horizontally and vertically integrated. And the, the, the term for a lot of military vets that they probably heard from every battalion commander's reading list of Jim Collins's book, Good to Great, is it creates a flywheel, right? So um, there there is this this synergy of you know investments can feed problems um, that the subsidiaries are facing the subsidiaries may see gaps in the market or trying to achieve something where there's currently no solution and that can drive investment thesis to find companies that are providing those services right and so there's there is a, a unique flywheel uh, model here at dcg thanks and, and can you yeah dig into a little bit of what your role is so my day-to-day -day is day. is no day is the same for sure so as the director of strategy and operations myself and my colleague matt we we support our wholly owned subsidiary businesses so between he and i we split we split those those subs um, we work with their management teams in strategic planning day-to-day -day operations um, we're sort of the connective tissue across of them. So from like sort of like an asset management perspective, if you will, we want those subsidiaries like hyper-focused on their section of the market and, and really, you know, driving deep into, you know, go acquire market share and build their customer base, right? Um, we don't want them thinking, oh, well, if we're doing this, maybe this other subsidiary could be leveraging. That's sort of my job as well, to, to kind of connect the dots, provide the synergies, um, support them, where DCG can provide, you know, parent company resources, um, and so it's a it's a unique model and a unique role, I should say, in that no day is the same because these these companies are at various stages, right? Grayscale is a you know thirty forty billion dollar asset manager and um, you know foundry is two years old and has just only you know a handful of employees. I think they just crossed crossed the hundred employee mark this year, right? So like they're much more uh, newer and, and more involved in sort of the tactical day-to-day decision-making, which makes it what makes, makes it a really interesting role in my perspective. It, it certainly sounds like it. So you've done it, right? You've, you've gone to business school, you've gone out of the military, you've transitioned into crypto, and you, it sounds like you've enjoying a ton of success. What advice would you give to veterans, you know, trying to get into the crypto space? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's, I think it's, it's a different market than when I got in, right? When I, when I was at business school, this wasn't even a topic. That wasn't even a club. There was no. There was no class on blockchain. It may maybe you get a mention here or there by a professor in a lecture, but it effectively didn't exist. And the industry was much much smaller. Today, it's far more robust. There's a lot of resources for veterans to tap into. Um, there are a lot of these schools now have like you know clubs and things like that. I mean, I think it depends on on what you're what you're looking to do. Um, one. One sort of path I can see is, you know, if you're, if you're really interested in this space, get in, get your, establish your foothold basically anywhere. It's okay. In any industry a veteran's going to transition to, you're might going to make a step or two left or right lateral until you kind of find your footing. So you might take a job here or there and, and move over to a different company within that space. So if you can get your foothold in somewhere, even if it's an unknown startup or it needs some help, you know, offering to kind of be an intern or something like that as you're transitioning out. 
like willing to do that type of roll up your sleeves type attitude. I think that's that's a huge piece um, to this. Secondly, we're some of these organizations are starting to now like recruit sort of professionally. Um, so getting involved in a lot of sort of the veteran transition programs, there's companies like the Honor Foundation, um, a lot of the large Wall Street banks have or, or are partnered with organizations like Vows. Um, there's organizations like within JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs, for example, for example, that are veteran specific transition programs. So you, know, you go into one of those organizations, you do your kind of like two years of getting that sort of experience under your belt and then make your transition. I think that's one of the pieces here is like, you have to kind of understand you may not have all the skills. And so going somewhere where you can, you can learn something about financial markets and, and how you know trading systems work or data systems flow in for, for trade execution or things like that uh, can really, can really help veterans make that transition. So do you think a coding uh, capability is necessary? It sounds like there are all different skill sets uh, that are in demand. Are there any skill sets that are more in demand than others? You mentioned financial services. How do you oh, think yeah. That? Yeah. I mean, if you, if you want to get into coding, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'd say from a DCG perspective, our hiring needs are skew way more on the product engineering side. So yeah, I mean, like programs like general assembly, other, other sort of code coding type schools would, would definitely be, be useful courses of actions to take. I mean, the, the industry operates in a lot of different languages. I mean, there's Solidity, Rust, uh, Move. There's a variety that you can go to some of these programs and leverage the GI Bill to pay for it um, to kind of uh, retool yourself and, and, and have some, some more skills. And I also say, like, you kind of just have to put yourself out there, like going to events, uh, attending online webinars, you know, doing kind of the, the dirty work of LinkedIn outreach and things like that and just network and actually kind of like play around with it. You kind of got to just, you know, create your wallet, you know, buy a little bit of crypto, try moving it around, understand how the system works, you know, try different protocols, different tokens, things like that. You kind of just need to kind of experience it to better understand it. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and, and I totally recommend opening up that wallet and then moving your cryptocurrencies around and, and understanding the technology itself is, is a wonderful first step. I'll also give a shameless plug for the for the Vita Discord. Uh, it's a wonderful way to start meeting fellow veterans who are, who are in the space. Um, and that's another way to connect with folks, which I think is hugely important. Networking is something that never stops uh, your entire career and uh, you know, start as soon as possible. Okay, looking forward, Evan, like what excites you about Web3 as we look out on the horizon? Yeah, I mean, this is this is really an interesting time, right? 2021 has just been like a stellar year for the industry. I mean, NFTs have completely established themselves. The concept of DAOs are here. I, I kind of take, I was actually asked a similar question recently. I, I kind of take a little simpler approach. I really like the concept of stable coins. And I, I know they've been around for a while, but I think when you look out at the macro environment with a lot of, you know, inflationary things happening, you know, we've got the war in Ukraine, the, the concept of being able to earn eight, nine, 10% on of what is effectively your cash is extremely compelling to me. And when we think about how this industry is designed to democratize capital markets and, and you know, you, you hear a lot of altruistic sort of things about this industry, I mean, that's at the base layer, I think that is one of the most unique things that this technology can do by removing all those those intermediary costs a bank would you know incur that 
that reduce that interest rate to effectively nothing today in a traditional bank is that the, this technology can do that. And I think that's extremely powerful for the sort of the everyday American and, and the way different protocols are approaching it. I mean, there's definitely a lot of risk out there for sure. You got to do your research, but I think that that is one of the most interesting things out there right now. Yeah, I mean, you, you really can't deny the interest rates that you're seeing uh, in the space with stable coins, which is uh, makes it super interesting. You know, since you asked, um, I need to follow up. Then, what do you, what do you think about algorithmic stable coins? Uh, that's that's one of the areas where I don't really <laughs> participate. <laughs> I, I I mean, I would tell you, like, my customer journey in crypto has been like um, it's crazy to say. I mean, I've been in the industry like four years, and I've already been through like two cycles, basically. But, yeah. Uh, you know, you go down the rabbit hole, you stick with Bitcoin and Ethereum, then you go dabble in a bunch of everything else. You lose your shirt a time or two, and then you kind of like, you know, I'm going to come back and stick to like Bitcoin and Ethereum because it's what works, right? And maybe a few other uh, other cryptos, but uh, yeah, no, I, I kind of keep uh, I kind of keep it simple. I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm not I'm not playing around with the algorithmic stuff right now. No worries. Um, so. Uh, going forward, are, are you is DCG hiring? I imagine you're hiring everywhere. Uh, can yeah. you talk about where you're hiring? Is there a way for folks to you know look at your jobs board? How how can people think about that process? Yeah, so we are to give a sense of the organization. We're about a thousand people, maybe just over globally. Um, we have offices in multiple multiple countries throughout the U.S., mainly on the East Coast, uh, New York City, Connecticut, and actually Western New York up in the Rochester area. Um, but we are hiring a lot of jobs across the subsidiaries, across the portfolio of, of venture investments, probably hundreds of jobs, to be honest with you. Um, for veterans, the easiest and best way is to go to just send an email to veterans at dcg.co. Um, that's sort of our listserv. There's probably about six or seven of us on the team globally right now that are tackling the inbounds that we're receiving. Um, someone will respond, set up time to chat with you. Um, Take a look at the jobs board. It's all totally on the DCG website. Just go to dcg.co. You'll see the jobs page. You know, come approach us with two, three, and you know, kind of a, a short list of what really is interesting to you, uh, and reach out and attach your resume. That's that's the easiest way. All the HR team members are also on that list, sir, so they'll see it um, and they'll put you in front of the right hiring managers. So you have a dedicated distribution just for for military veterans it's it's in its infancy uh it's something i started in the fall um and i've, I've been slowly kind of building out sort of the process and frameworks around it but yeah we dcg really wants to start hiring and focusing on veterans and military spouses as well some of our executive leaders have had experience in previous companies and had a lot of success and we want to bring that here as well and so since i'm at the parent company i'm kind of taking taking the lead on this at the moment but yeah we have a dedicated listserv you can absolutely just reach right out Oh, that's that's amazing, um, incredible, and it really I think it tells a lot about the culture that you're that you're building there at DCG. So thank you for that. Okay, uh, how can people connect with you, Evan? Aside from that email, <laughs> yeah, besides that email, um, I I'm on Twitter. I don't really post. If I were to give someone else advice, I guess to your previous question, just get a Twitter account, follow everything on crypto that you're interested in, because that's where the industry posts everything. Um, I'm on there. LinkedIn um, is where I get a lot of veteran inbounds. People send me messages there, so you can just find me on LinkedIn um, and, and, and just shoot me a note and, and I'll get back to you. Awesome. Thank you so much, Evan, for today's discussion. It's really informative and it's, we're very lucky to have a prominent veteran like you Thanks, uh, in space leading. And again, thank you to our sponsor, 
uh, at Luca. Really appreciate the effort that you guys put in uh, every week. And for those of you who are interested in learning more about Vita, please connect with us on LinkedIn or Twitter. And if you have ideas uh, on who else should be featured on our program, please reach out to me on Twitter at PerkinCR97. Thank you.